It's the Persistent and Nasty Podcast at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe 2023 series. The episodes will be released at various different times, so make sure that you have subscribed so you get notified when a new episode has dropped. We have some amazing guests coming up for you and I know that you won't want to miss them. They will be everything from circus performers to theatre makers to singers to spoken word poets and we can't wait to share all of them with you. Remember, if you are taking part in the Edinburgh Festival Fringe or you are just going for a visit, remember your rain jacket, your comfy shoes and a pair of shorts because you never know the weather that you're going to get in Edinburgh. But what you are guaranteed is some incredible pieces of theatre. Enjoy the episode and remember... Stay nasty. You may notice a little difference in sound quality for the intro in today's episode as I am on anti-duty and not in my usual space. Hello you gorgeous lot and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty Podcast, Edinburgh Festival Fringe Series 2023. Elaine here, how are you all doing? I hope that you're looking after yourself, staying well, being kind to yourself and each other and if you are at the festival I hope that your shows are going brilliantly and that you're enjoying every minute of it and just keep remembering that you're there for the art and the joy and the fun of it and don't let any of the other corporate stuff get in the way of all of that. Today I chat with Georgia Degara of Yuck Circus. Georgia is the artistic director and we chat about finding your passion at a young age. We talk about work within the community and we talk about Yuck Circus being back at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. I was lucky enough to get to see the show yesterday and it is everything I knew it was going to be and so much more. It is an absolute joy-filled hour um, with important messages, with fun comedy, circus skills that are just incredible, all with a great feminist vibe throughout and I just absolutely loved it. So make sure you get to see Yuck Circus and all the details for the show are in the show notes of today's episode. If you want to support Persistent and Nasty, you can do so by becoming a Persistent Pal or a Nasty Hero or by giving us the price of a cup of tea or coffee. All the details for that are also in the show notes of today's episode. And if you can't support us financially, which we completely understand, shout about us on social media, tell your friends, share the episodes, download the episodes and review the episodes of the podcast. All of it makes a huge difference. We just want to say once again a huge thank you to all of you who already support us in all the different ways we are forever grateful thank you you can follow us on social media twitter at persistent nasty instagram at persistent and nasty facebook persistent and nasty you can check out the website www.persistentandnasty.co.uk where you can find all of the blogs that have been written for us. There are some brilliant reads there, so check that out. You can also email us persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Miss Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.stirrett on Instagram and threads. Oh, for today's episode, oh, something fruity and sparkly maybe because that's what yuck circus made me feel um so something fun maybe even a wee ice cream or you know you can always just have a good old cup of tea sit back relax and enjoy georgia hi good morning how you going oh i've just lost your sound what's happening oh, completely oh no there you're back that was I'm so back. bizarre 
that first one was like it just went nothing um georgia is here uh georgia welcome to the persistent and nasty podcast thank you so much for having me Oh, so uh, excited to chat with you. Um, so for people who might not know, Georgia is part of Yuck Circus, and um, we're just going to have a chat about you and your career, and then talk about what it's like to be back at the Edinburgh Festival and um, your show this year. So, uh, Georgia, over to you. Let's have a little potted history of you, how you became involved in all of this. Let's take us all the way back to the start. Oh, I wouldn't say it's going back that far. I started circus uh, maybe when I was about 12. There was a community circus uh, down the road from my house where after school one day I just said, oi, mum, I'm going to go there and do that. And she was like, yeah, cool. And then, yeah, skip forward 15 years and I'm running an all-female circus company, touring internationally, having a good time. I mean, love it. What about circus drew you in the first place? Yeah, I think it it's a really interesting genre. It's like you get to mix, uh, I guess, like theatre, performance, sometimes dance, spoken word with, uh, I guess, like a very physical uh, outlet. But the thing also with circus is that it's for everybody. And that's something we try to model with our company as well, is like you don't have to be the most like elite rote artist in the entire world to get work. You just have to be engaging and entertaining on stage. And using circus as a tool to express yourself is a, is a really, like, genuine and easy way to to communicate were you in like even as a child were you kind of interested in the performance side of things and then was it because you could be more physical and have more expression I guess with it than just like your quote-unquote straight performing stage musical theatre etc yeah, I think that's a good question. I think for me, I was definitely always one of those kids who grew up and like put on magic shows for mum, like that kind of like buy your tickets and sit down. You have to watch me perform for you now. Like I will send, like sing my edition of Case of Chambers. Um, it's, I'll be there. Um, but I think with circus, I'm actually, I'm not that like physical of a performer in the sense of like, I, I can't backflip. I can do the split sometimes if I feel like it, you know, I'm not super like athletic. And I think that was the appeal for me is that I still had a space in this genre. It's not like gymnastics or dance where you like have to be the best to get the opportunity. You know, it's like really competitive. With circus, I feel like it's a, a celebration of community and and kind of how you fit the way that you do, not what's kind of expected of, of the elite level. That's a really beautiful way to put it. Thank like, you. Yeah. yeah it's a good, really lovely. Circus is like, a good community. Come hang out sometime. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm coming to see the show. Um, Louise and I are just trying to figure out when we're going to do. We've got like a list of things and we're trying to figure out the ones that we're going to try and do together. So um, I know that we both want to come and see uh, Yuck uh, at at the same time. Um, So that's definitely a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, like, (laughs) what was it about, like, kind of learning circus skills and how you worked then setting up an all female circus? Troop, yeah i think you still call uh, yourself a trip that feels really old-fashioned yeah. like is it yeah. a trip troop company collective company is much more a collective yeah yeah we say company more but you can say troop that's pretty yeah we all come from community circus so that's pretty pretty stock standard um yeah i think for us like originally i wrote the show like the show that we're performing in edinburgh is our original show and we now have four touring productions so like when I originally started the company, wrote the show, 
I very much just sort of like wrote it from a place of feeling like at the time I wasn't really fitting in the industry, uh, kind of like the opportunities that were presented at the time. So I was like, you know what, let's just make something for myself where I fit and will be appreciated. Um, and then I was like, oh, actually, I'll see if anyone wants to come join me. And when I put the word out, it was uh, a bunch of women. And it's like, okay, cool. We're an all-female circus. Like, we don't have to think that hard about it. Um, from there, though, we found success in that. And it's actually been a really positive tool for us to grow as acrobats and artists because we're in this space where, I don't know, I guess we have to, like, do skills that are can be sometimes, like, predominantly presented as, like, male-led skills like with each other and find like different ways to support each other and, and present that stuff. So a really good example of that is like maybe an acrobatic skill where it's like the really big boy base and the really tiny girl flyer. It's like our company's a mix of body sizes. Like we don't have that sort of like uh, stereotype of, like of 40 kilos difference to achieve that skill, but we're able to work together to find new and interesting ways to do that. And it's positive and it's affirming and it's like, yeah, we can do that stuff even though it's not always been taught that way. I love that because it's just like, it's just showing that there's no kind of limit to things and that you find your own way around it is that kind of that, I really love that kind of ethos that you've got, that you find the thing that works for you and fits for you. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Like within our industry, we have like absolute majority, I would say female performers and yet there's always this need like in the kind of higher acting companies or or uh, expeditions that there's still that sort of like male-female ratio and like the big boys are kind of controlling, like at least with acro or there's still like male-specific uh, genres. And it's literally only, yeah, it's it's a history of women challenging that and I've seen in the, maybe the last 10 years of it really being pushed and being like, actually, no, that's not the case and we really can do anything like you know, it doesn't matter what gender you are, people can do stuff. <laughs> you think would be pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not everybody's quite listening there yet. So, you know, <laughs> keep pushing I mean, that's one. why we're, yeah, that's why we're still proving it. We often get that question of like, oh, do you think like your message is like relevant anymore? Like we, sometimes we do festivals where, you know, like we've done like kind of folk festivals. They're like, oh, you're still talking about periods. Like surely everyone knows nah we go to other cities and like country towns and it's like a shock that we're talking about periods it's yeah. like people still need to hear this stuff even though in our community in our culture it's normal you know yeah that's the exactly. kind of thing. and I think actually that's a really interesting point because it's a uh, almost in some ways like people don't even realize that that ingrained misogyny of like um you're still talking about periods like has, hasn't that been fixed well, no, because we're trying to break down systematic um, millennia of, yeah. um, of being told to go and hide in a corner, like, you know, really? like, and like be at the bottom of the garden. And we never talk about it. You know, like the whole movement, particularly, probably more so in Western countries. So, particularly in the UK, maybe even in America, like the conversation around menopause right now is really big but not there's lots of people not talking about it yeah it's one of those mystery cases and we've found yeah there's quite a few leaders now that are able to share these experiences there's also like charity organizations like one of the, the charities we've partnered with they've created a program that addresses um menopause and it's like yeah truthfully yeah. I don't really know much about it like I kind of know the gist I haven't googled it but, but that's something I need to learn eventually one day I feel 
do you know it's a, honestly tangent and I kind of so I do separate work um with equity which is our union over here and um in fact you've got equity in the U- in Australia as well don't you it's one of the I unions think so maybe maybe I, and I'll cut it out if it's not uh yeah. <laughs> I'll double check. No, no, I mean equity is in like the artist union yeah the artist yeah. union I don't know I don't know if we can access that I think it's a UK thing because I know there's one in LA I know there's America uh there's American equity but yeah anyway um I do work with the women's committee on that and we've been working on menopause and menopause in the workplace in particular stage screen um circus spaces uh and it's really fascinating the amount of stuff that I didn't know about and I thought I was really kind of clued up on hormonal health because I've got endometriosis so I was like cool I know everything wow the list of side effects for menopause is you wouldn't think hey yeah and we need to start talking about and it's great that we are talking about it but we need to talk about it more so that even if you're not experiencing it yet you might soon so or you might well it's also like supporting those around you like I feel like my only experience with menopause is seeing what my mum has gone through or my aunties and even then it's kind of like what you get oh I'm having my hot flash or like oh I just don't feel quite well uh, I mean, my mum, I think she, she ended up having to have a surgery just because it, like she, her ovaries weren't doing it right. And it's like, oh, okay, that's a thing. Didn't know that. Like menopause is a process and sometimes it affects people in different ways. And like you said, the long list of side effects. Yeah, definitely need, that's something I need to be educated in more. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I would really want to jump back to what you said as well about when you put the call out, first of all, mm. and then it was all women, like, do you think that's something that um, obviously maybe it was needed in the circus community or do you think it just happened to be that way? I think it was, uh, sorry, I have people just yelling outside my dressing room. Can you hear that? Or yeah. can I keep going? <laughs> no, absolutely keep going. I mean, it's Great. like we had our first in-person um interview the other day and I was like getting so because it was the first time back at the festival uh, this year obviously and I was like oh my god there's people everywhere and Louise is like Elaine it's cool it's festival people love it they love the background noise I'm like great keep going going then I was like keep going Georgia you're totally fine literally a child crying outside (laughs) um yes are they actually crying outside I think it's just more like come on we have to go I'm kind of crying um I thought someone was crying because their show had went terribly. And it's like, no, no, no. It's a child. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's a child. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, I think at the time of uh, writing this show, we wrote what we felt was necessary, I think, and things that were important to us at the time and what we felt like we needed to talk about. And at that point, it was uh, growing up as a woman in Australia, growing up as a woman in the arts industry. So a lot of our show is uh, focused on that sort of two commentaries. Um, I guess, yeah, it is a, quite a stronger gender lens. But we also talk about like binge drinking and we talk about like other perspectives of stuff. It's not just a women's show for women. It's we're trying to talk about a broader spectrum. From that point onwards, like we've done this show, we've had success with it, we've been moving forward with it. With our other works, I felt like I really wanted to challenge what it was to be an all-female circus company or an all-female company. And so we've created work that is nothing to do with gender. So we've created a show about Australiana, about nightclubbing, and there's one that's kind of like uh, cigarette mohawks and sparklers up the bum. And what I've done with that, and I guess my purpose, is that I want to take 
I guess, like the token tokenism out of our work. I want to present strong women on stage being funny, taking up space without it being like, and we're also talking about being women. It's like, I just want it to be normalized and not, you know, like that kind of celebration just because we are telling our own story. We're telling a story about everything else that affects us. That's not just a gender specific viewpoint really. Um, but that's where we're trying to go at the moment, I think. Yeah, no, I think I, I think that's so important. It's just like, it's, yeah, you're not being celebrated just because you're women. You're being celebrated because you're human beings who are dealing with all of these things. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I think a good common thread throughout all our work is always a celebration. Like we're always having fun. Everything that we do is with humour. Like that's who we are as people, but also just, it's a very Australian I feel like uh, a way to present your work is, is through that. But you've got all the sunshine. It's all that vitamin yeah, D. We're just happy. <laughs> no, it's all I'm that vitamin going. D. That's what it is. Yeah, it's thriving. No. I'm like, <laughs> been all in Scotland are like, there's a, there's a little crack of light in the sky. Give me it. Give me it. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a rain jacket. I don't have an umbrella. And I can't tell you in the last week how many times I've been absolutely soaked by rain I need to go get something it is bad here I definitely came in being like it's summer and it is not (laughs) I mean no it's not it's been (laughs) like anybody in the UK will tell you it's been across the whole of the UK even London is raging because it's not having its usual summer um it's but this week's to heat I mean heat up by like a few degrees um and it's to be lovely and dry at least and I think a couple of days of sunshine but last year the first kind of 10 days of the festival we were up at like 30 which is very unusual for us at this time of year so good that's what I was expecting (laughs) I know see you say it's so good but actually audience numbers were down because it was really warm because people were like I'm not going to see a show I'm going to sit outside and drink yeah so you kind of want it sitting at like the 20, 22 degrees with moments of sunshine because people are like, I can jump back out in and out. Just not the wind and the rain would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. The icy, the icy I want to avoid. Hey girl. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. just get yourself that rain jacket. Um, so yeah, let's talk about your your show that you have on right now. Let's get all the details for that. Tell everybody what they can expect. Mm, yeah just come no <laughs> it's uh it's yuck circus uh we're at george square assembly at 4 20 pretty much every single day of this whole month um yeah it's an all-female circus company we're doing high-flying acrobatics ripper comedy uh the reason we're called yuck is that we talk about kind of like taboo not really yuck but yuck things like periods and binge drinking and cat calling but i think the the good thing to know is that if you love dancing to ABBA and you love celebrating strong women on stage then you're just gonna have a good time everything's gonna be a good time with this work um but yeah we're we're here and we're ready and we're chucking flips and talking shit that's us love it chucking flips and talking shit like that's yeah. a badge right there yeah that's an actual badge right there um and tell me because you kind of mentioned about um before we started recording about bringing this show back to the festival and how you'd felt about that Mm, yeah I think we I mean this is the first time we've been overseas since uh you know the Panny D um this is technically our 2020 contract we've just delayed it multiple years thank you assembly um yeah we weren't sure coming back whether people would remember who we were or think that we were really relevant like I'm not sure 
I mean, even this is a global thing, like where the art market is at the moment and what people are seeing and what they need to see. But my gen- like my general vibe is that people have had a few years of not feeling very good. And so for us to bring a work that is fun and celebratory, you know, you don't have to think hard, you get to have a good time. I think that's probably good, good healing for your heart. And it's come across like we are pretty much full house sold out Saturday. We've had standing ovations uh, every day of this week since we've been back. And yeah, up to our sixth show today. And hopefully that's all kicking off, ready for a Monday, Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon. Uh, Monday afternoon. But, you know, we've got 300 people coming already and it's like, yeah, cool. That's great, actually, yeah. for a Monday. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's amazing. And tell Thank everybody you. exactly where they can see you. Yeah, so Assembly George Square Garden in the Palais de Varieté, which I butcher with my Australian accent. <laughs> I particularly be calling it um, Palace de Vaza. But no, you can Google Yuck Circus. We've got all our ticket details on our website or even on the Ed Fringe website. You can find us. And, have yeah, and I'll have all the details for um, the show in today's show notes. So Cool, yeah. Everybody that's listening can find it nice and easily. You know, if you could explain your show in five words, what would it be? Oof. Mm, I love these ones when you're like, oh, God, I can't speak English anymore. Um five words okay, I would say as long as you need the joy of editing I can just yes I would say celebration I would say strong women uh I don't know if this counts I'm gonna technically make it six words a bloody good time <laughs> <laughs> it is uh such so, so Australian I love it <laughs> thank you <laughs> And uh, so while uh, like just an interesting conversation because obviously you mentioned you mentioned the the Panny D, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, the old COVID. Um, did you tour like, did you do any shows in Australia while that was going on? Because obviously you guys were out of lockdown way before, pretty much the rest of the world. We had the longest lockdowns in the world. Melbourne did, I think. Actually, they were like proper proper lockdown. I'm from West Australia, so for me it took nine months for me to be able to uh, get home because I was stuck touring. Um, So I was stuck over the other side of the country and my border closed so I couldn't get home um, for nine months without an exemption and paying two grand to cross my border. Hoof, yeah. Yeah, wow. Two weeks. So it's pretty dire, but the benefit of being finally home in West Australia, because our border was shut, we only had four cases of COVID all the way up until uh, mid-2021 or 2022. Yeah, that's that's what it is because I remember seeing like family and friends in Sydney and all that and we were still in our kind of first full lockdown which was like three months and then like like, they were all back at work and I was like, what's going on? But then it was, you hadn't opened. Yeah, so every state shut their borders and then they all dealt with whatever was happening to them internally. So Melbourne had a really bad rap they're quite similar climate to you guys. It was like everyone was getting sick. Everyone was staying inside. They were locked down like properly, properly, properly. For us in West Australia, it's such a huge state. Like where I'm from is a two and a half day drive to my nearest city. Like it's, it's proper big. My closest is six hours drive away. Like it's very far away. Because of that, we were able to tour our state because once our border was shut, everything was as normal. We maybe had like a two week lockdown every now and then but it was only because one case had come in and they just wanted to nip it in the bud. Like that was, that was it. Um, I think the biggest benefit for me 
in the sense of all of that is that we were able to create more industry opportunities in our home state. Big problem in Australia is people don't hire you where you're from. It's like you have to travel to get work. There's never really consistent employment opportunities. Like even my own town, I barely worked in my own town until COVID and then I had work all the time. And it's like, where was this? Why did I have to leave to come back and work? It's because I can't get other people in. So it's very confusing. But I think that was like the benefit is we were touring across the region. So towns that are like eight hours into the bush, like we were going there and hosting line dancing parties. Like it's just really fun um, and cruisy. And then, of course, you know, all the gross stuff of losing money and not touring and can't get people over and can't see family. That all happened still. But as far as work went, we were able to invest in our own community. And that was something that was really important to us. Yeah, that's really, I mean, it's about taking the positives from it because it was such a hard, awful time for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, to find those positives. Do you think that's had an influence on any of your work going forward? Or do you think it will? Yeah, I think the opportunity we got from that, uh, like I said, we're able to tour in our own state more often and uh, have really grown our reputation there. So that's good to have, I guess, like sustainable touring that we don't have to fly across the world to get work. Like we can go to small towns and people are, are ready for what we're doing in our work. Um, I think the other benefit for that is that I was able to bring up my cast to my hometown uh, for about, I think, a cumulative 12 weeks in the last few years. Um, not years, like last year. Um, and from that, we were able to do like uh, remote Indigenous uh, community, like teaching circus as an expression of art um, in places like Bidjadanga, Beagle Bay, Yiramalay. So like uh, communities of, uh, I guess, like Aboriginal people that are between like 300 and 600 uh, people. Um, but also being based in Broome, so connecting to where I grew up and did circus. So I've been able to like uh, increase the skill of our local artists and students um, through my company. And so like keeping that wheel turning, I think is beneficial, not only just for us, but people who were like me 15 years ago that, you know, can kind of see the pathway and and have those skills early, I think are really important. I love that so much. It's such a, um, it's a beautiful way to pass, to just not even pass things on, but to just encourage and grow and keep your industry and your community alive and growing and fulfilled. And yeah. I think that when we work together, we create really beautiful stuff. I wish I had that when I was a kid. We learned everything off YouTube and like not even good YouTube, like <laughs> slow, like, <laughs> like brainy and you're like oh did she catch with her elbow or her foot then I don't know but I'm gonna try it you know, like, <laughs> like to have like qualified coaches who are professionally trained in your own community yeah. or kids who are where am I at you know I'm teaching kids that were me 15 years ago like that's a legit thing that they can they can dream of you know and I'm a lot really of us- as well that you are making the connections as well with your indigenous communities as well and like making sure that those stories are being told and integrated yeah. into everything yeah, well, uh, Indigenous Australia are, I guess, like the world's longest telling storytellers. Like they have a rich culture in in story and, and language and dance and sharing. To be able to introduce circus into that mix as a way to express yourself is just giving, you know, another tool to the kit that they're really good at, at doing and sharing. Yeah. Plus, it's just really fun. It gives kids yeah. that, you know, live hours away into the bush an opportunity to share with their friends and achieve you know, things that they didn't think they could achieve before and, you know, feel a sense of pride in their community. That's what we're all about. I love it. I love it so much. And also just inspiring a whole generation of uh, circus performers. Georgia, that's yes, what's happening. 
you're like yeah and Num. even if like my whole my whole thing uh you know I've had circus students before where they're incredible performers and then you just feel absolutely gutted that they go off and become like doctors or something you're like such a waste <laughs> but I think the way I've changed that perspective is like even if they become you know plumbers or doctors or dentists at least they're going to be able to take risks think outside the box become really creative uh in their profession and I think that's what circus does for people is is give them those tools across life you know yeah Absolutely. Now, I've got one more question to ask you, but mm. before I ask you the question, I want to just give a little reminder to everybody where they can come and see Yuck Circus. Yeah, come see us at George Square Assembly Gardens. We are going to be there in the Palais, 420, pretty much every day. We need one day off, please help. But yeah. <laughs> pretty much every day. <laughs> <laughs> are you on until the 28th or the 20th? Yeah, 28th. 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 Uh, yeah, I think like two days off in between. That's about it. But you can find you us. Need you Have need those two days off. You absolutely do. Everybody when you're throwing knows. people around, you're like, mm, I need some sleep in a vegetable. That would be great. Yeah, definitely get those vegetables. <laughs> definitely get that water. Definitely get some sleep. All of the above. And I say that for everybody that is yes. uh, at the festival. <laughs> you yeah, need it. festival or not, eat a vegetable. Well, absolutely, say. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't just leave it for August at yeah. uh, <laughs> the fringe. Make sure that you're doing it the whole time. Um, now, I'm going to ask you our final question that we like to ask all of our guests. Um, so as you know, our name is Persistent and Nasty. Um, and we took that name as a bit of a tongue-in-cheek reclamation of words, reclaiming. Um, and it's from two political points, both of which happen to be American. Uh, persistent from Nevertheless, She Persisted About Elizabeth Warren. And then the Twitter a storm of nasty hashtag nasty women after um the previous president of the US called Hillary Clinton a nasty woman in a debate because you know she gave him facts. Um so it was then you know surgeons and CEOs like oh cool well I'm a nasty woman then so yeah um so it's about that kind of reclaiming of words because we're really all about that the words that get used in particular against those of us who are more marginalized in society, like bossy and bitch and witch and money and all of the all of them that are seen as bad things, but you know, uh, are actually really fucking brilliant. Georgia, what does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you? I think it's just ownership, isn't it? Like be persistent and nasty. I can't even say it. nasty, nasty. Oh no, <laughs> say it, say it, say it the way go for it. Go go full <laughs> Australian, embrace it. I love it. Do it. I think. Yeah, it's honestly ownership. Be persistent, be nasty. It's like, I mean, who's anyone to tell you how to be? Just do it. Fuck them. <laughs> honestly. And I think that's definitely an, an FSR company. Like, we know we're good people. We know yeah. what we're doing is good. Fuck them. Whatever. <laughs> I love that. I love that um, belief in yourself and just reminding yourself that, of that. And I think we all can take that. It's so great. Um, Georgia, thanks so much for coming and chatting with me. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, have a good festival and I know see some good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And um, Louise and I really look forward to coming and seeing you as well. Um, and maybe we can catch up afterwards because that would be really nice to meet you in person. Yeah. So send your yeah, email yeah. when we pick that date. Um, <clears throat> Georgia, thank you so much for coming on the show. And until next time, lovely listeners, stay, stay nasty. nasty. Thank you. <laughs>